Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a not only new episode of Missing the Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson Fan Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Pam. However, it's not just a new one. Nope. It is our 100th episode. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I can't believe we've done 100 episodes. That means <sighs> people have listened to us talk for... Oh my god, a while. Two years now. This is our this two is two years. This is a big week for us. Not only is it our one hundredth episode, it is our two year anniversary of the podcast, and it also happens to be the twentieth anniversary of Kelly Clarkson's win on American Idol, the pop culture moment that changed a lot of lives, specifically hers, but to a lesser extent a lot of her fans as well. If it didn't happen, we may not be here today. So super glad that she won. Uh, the anniversary was on September 4th. I believe this is coming out on the 6th. So we're a couple days behind, but that's okay. Yes. The whole year is really just a 20th year, 20th anniversary celebration. And we have a very exciting episode for you guys today. Yes, this is going to be a whole lot of fun. This is all about... Uh, not only celebrating the podcast, but also celebrating the 20th anniversary of the crowning of Kelly as the very first American Idol champion. We're going to have some very special guests later on in the podcast. In fact, we kind of have a little bit of a coup here, Pam, because we have been able to wrangle a mini season one reunion Our good friend Jim Vararos is going to be back on the podcast joining us once again, and he is bringing with him Christina Christian herself. Very excited to be talking to them later on in the show. Yes, but without further ado, we are so excited to welcome our fashion correspondent, game show host, sometimes third host to the podcast, our friend Rob. What's up, Rob? Hey, Rob. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the celebration. So this is your 100th episode yes yeah it's my ninth or tenth I wow think. wow I you're on you have a good you're on you're basically like you're on a tenth of our episode i know That's i deserve lot. like a missing to podcast like bomber jacket or something don't or like we a, all a, a black <laughs> i was like same the most i have is a sticker <laughs> i also have a sticker on the fridge oh it's on your fridge i'm honored it's not stuck to the fridge but it's on a, a chip clip <laughs> i don't you say a chip clip it's on a chip clip, not the Kelly chip clip that I lost. Don't know where that is. Oh. Um, and you have my other one. I'll um, give it to you. I don't. I don't need it. But <laughs> <laughs> but wow. it is on the fridge. Rob, we are we are so thankful for all of your contributions to the show and for everything that you have done over the course of the last two years for the podcast. It has been. I mean, personally for me, since I'm not part of sort of the the greater New York area crew, it's been so much fun to to get to know you better outside of just the message boards and the Twitter sphere. Um, so thank you for everything that you have contributed over the last two years. We certainly do appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thankful for the, what is it? The blessings and the lessons. <laughs> <laughs> so Pam, I'm going to let you explain why Rob is here today for our 100th episode celebration. Sure. So Rob could probably explain it better. Cause I was just like, I texted Rob a few weeks ago. Rob, 
will you join us for this episode to talk about Kelly fashion on Idol? He's like, yeah, sure. What do you want me to, to, to talk about? I said, whatever you'd like. <laughs> so I have not seen or heard anything he prepared, but I know it's all fun and positive. But in, in classic Rob fashion, he has done the most <laughs> for this episode. Yes. <laughs> I like visual aids. It's important to have visuals for everything one, one is talking about. Jeremy and I just, just showed up for this, and you brought the work. Yeah, and the great thing much. is is that whenever Rob is on the podcast, I always feel pressure to do more. Like, I have to... Um, I have to like put the episodes out in different fashions because he'll come with like a PowerPoint. And I'm like, Rob, this yeah. is great and all they're beautiful, but it's just the three of us who can see it. I so, so I feel like I need well, to like, let your work be seen by the greater masses. Well, the thing is I had a, a game idea first and then I was like, that's too hard. Like, who's going to know that the idea was to just name the song she sang and for you all to describe what she was wearing, I would which fail is that tough. Miserably. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, so that we're skipping that slide in the PowerPoint. Thank but, you for that. Um, after that, I was like, I guess, I guess they should have visuals when describing this celebration of idol couture. Yes. <laughs> That is a word I have not heard in 20 years. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Rob, how do you want mm -hmm. to start this? Well, first, I need hosting privileges so that I can share my screen. Or maybe I can't share my No, I can't. So you've got to make me a host. Co -host. So for anyone listening, we will – I'm, I'm going to put our link to this. If this is like a Google slide or we'll figure it out. We'll put a link to this um, minimum on our Twitter and Facebook and uh, on the day this comes out. So be on the lookout. When you're listening, so if you would like a visual key as you're listening to the episode. Oh, All right, yes. everybody. This is called <clears throat> Some People Wait a Lifetime for a PowerPoint like this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Overall, the American Idol season one uh, costume collection was pretty wild. We can <laughs> all agree. And what I hope you ask the contestants is what mall they were dropped off at <laughs> which mall this was and what the stores were because yes. honestly there were some outfits like the first one of kelly's that i'm going to show you that to me are more like from a musical and less like from a store like she wasn't going to like a mandy's to get this outfit she was going to like like a costume collection she okay. flew to New York so, specifically to go to Broadway to pick up a costume truly, to fly back to LA. I just want to know the name of the mall. I want a store directory. I want to know like what the food court was like. I want to. I want a picture. <laughs> I want you to paint me a picture of this mall. Okay. Okay. That's gonna Thank be you. the first question we ask. Please let it be the first question. All right. So, okay. outfit number one, we're going to Motown Week. She sang "You're All I Need" to get by in this outfit, and. You know, for years, I used to say that this outfit was like a flamenco singer, you know, like to honor like Aretha Franklin, who famously sang flamenco all the time. <laughs> but but in doing my research for this episode, I, I realized something and I realized that, like I said, costumes, this outfit really is giving more of like a saloon bordello, like Texas style thing. And I discovered that it's from the best little whorehouse in Texas with Dolly Parton. <laughs> oh my God. Now, Rob, for those of you uh, out there who can't see or can't remember what this uh, outfit looked like, uh, and and maybe Shall Pam, I describe it? 
Yeah, maybe Pam will even be able to help you because you're not going to get very much help from me. Uh, describe <laughs> right. the outfit that she sang on Motown Week. We're starting with a corset. The corset is black and red. It's got some velvet. We've got some flowy sleeves. We've got what I thought was a dress. Turns out, business casual, it's pants. It's pants with a slit down the side. So one side is regular pants and the other side is lace pants. And her hair is up in like a messy bun. Pam, did I miss anything? I got vampire vibes. Vampire this. vibes, very much so. <laughs> Saloon, bordello, vampire, flamenco, it's everything. It's about the most goth uh, outfit I think I've ever seen her wear. I like where minus, minus like some of the addicted tour bodysuits. Yeah. Truly. Oh, Maybe like foreshadowing. Maybe. I like um, where your brain is going with the goth, Jeremy, because there is an outfit later on that we're going to bring up. This is just a wild outfit, but I'm like really happy that she went so crazy on this because it's so much fun looking back. Like I love those BuzzFeed things that are like 20 photos that defined the 2000s and like this, all this fashion really fits into a BuzzFeed list. It's part of like the iconography of being yeah. a Kelly fan, like it's in our sort of lore as fans, this outfit exists with the orange coat, with all the things that we love. Well, not even only that. I mean, I feel like you could do um, a photo or, or like a drawing of all the contestants from season one, and you don't show any facial features or anything like that, and maybe even just you know put plain generic heads on all of them but just have like an outfit. And I'm willing to bet that most people could name all 10 contestants purely on an outfit that they wore on the show because they all had such unique styles. I mean, Christina didn't look anything like Ryan when, you know, considering the outfits that the two of them wore, you know, Justin was, was different than EJ and Kelly looked nothing like Nikki. So I almost feel like they, their outfits were kind of part of their character themselves. A hundred percent. It's why we were all so obsessed with the show. Like when I was a kid, when this was on, I was well, not a kid, I was 13 or 12. I was literally ranking every episode on like eight and a half by 11 paper and like circling which ones were my favorites each week and which ones to vote for. Like I was obsessed and I could literally tell you who was wearing what and what they looked like and what they sang. Oh my God. Like it was an obsession for me. And here I am 20 years later. I love it. I, I got to say, I don't know if I'm getting a little too ahead of myself, but she wore almost all predominantly red or black or red and black this entire season. And I never realized that until right now. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, let's move on to outfit number two. Case in 60s point. 60s week. And case in point. 60s week, natural woman. There's nothing to say about this other than what a moment. What an icon. <laughs> what a legend. This was the beginning. I think this was her, um, I guess, her campaign announcement for, you know, the pantsuit era that <laughs> befell us, befell onto us for the next 20 years. The, the shirt, the tie, the hat. It was the start of an era. It was, here I am. I'm running for Congress. I would love your vote. 1-866-IDLE-03. <laughs> Please call in. Um, and I, there's, nothing, there's nothing you can say other than so memorable such a so memorable. piece of history to give everyone a visual aid she's wearing a black top hat a white button down crop shirt with a black tie very like kind of avril lavigne but not as punk 
Um, and then like extremely low rise black pants with white pinstripes and a random red belt. This also could foreshadow the future of her love affair with belts. I mean, she she had some wild sure choices did. here too. From the very beginning, top thirty was a big belt. Yeah. yeah. This was her phase of doing the side belts where she put the buckle either like in the back or on the side, which I yeah. never understood. That's back. It's yeah. back. People are doing it. Wow. Ugh, what an outfit. Outfit number three. We're going out a, a little out of order because I, I came up with the joke for outfit number three that I just dropped in. Outfit number three was I Surrender 90s Week. So she's wearing a cocktail dress, black, kind of like connected up to the side, a diamond choker. And literally all I've thought about for 20 years is that she looks like Bella Goth from The Sims. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't. I don't know why that's in my head. <laughs> but I saw this in night in 2002 or 3 and I was like she looks like a sim. She looks like the sims that I'm playing with all the time on my computer because I'm 12. And it's been in my head and I'm so glad to finally get it out 20 years later that this is the connection I've made for two decades. Just uh, this is probably one of the oddest juxtapositions I've ever seen Rob make. <laughs> I mean and we'll we'll obviously we'll take screen caps of all of these and we'll put them on our social media. But th first of all, the fact that you equated Kelly to being a character in The Sims, shy mm -hmm. of having like the green diamond up above her head, this this character also seems to be standing next to a nightstand that has an absurdly large. I can't tell if it's a vase or a bottle of purple drink. Like I'm not sure. <laughs> it's, it's The Sims. It could be an urn. I mean, yeah, it could be. Oh my god. <laughs> That one never really knows. dark. It's Bella Goth is her last name, Pam. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know the names. Um, um, very popular so yeah. computer game in the early 2000s. She just looks like she's going to prom. Yeah. She looks like the prom queen. I love this outfit. I don't know. I, this, I, this, this, is more like, this is like more homecoming dance than prom. Yeah. It's well, not, I didn't it's, have homecoming. I don't know those things. Oh, my gosh. I didn't go to any of that. Yeah. No, this is because it it's dork. not. I mean, it's formal, but it's not overly formal. So... I think this is more of a homecoming than a prom dress. Like a prom dress is when you think more closer to the family of like a ball gown. Not there were no ball gowns in America. Well, okay. There were no ball gowns. You you have to remember, I went to high school in the '90s, so yeah. it was a crazy time for fashion. Then it's it's not that way now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it would. This is definitely a little more informal, but still very nice. I do like nice. this outfit. Yeah, I do like it. I'm really glad you didn't do that game where we had to guess what the song was based on the outfit. No, I know. Oof. Well, because I remembered like one of them was "It's Raining Men," which I don't we remember her singing. Mm -hmm. But I remember that she wore like a brown like pant like pantsuit with like that looked like tweed. Why that's in my head, and not algebra, but that is <laughs> <laughs> outfit number four, '70s week, and we're gonna go on a little journey in my head for this really quickly. So. By definition, maximalism began in the 70s. And maximalism is an aesthetic of excess made popular in the 70s, meaning more is more. So here's Kelly in the 70s wearing what's already a full outfit, a top with, an, with a, a one long sleeve, red pants. And she decides more is more. It's the 70s. I'm going to throw on a sarong. <laughs> I'm going to put on a beach cover up on top of this. And this is just a picture on the PowerPoint of what a maximalist home in the seventies looked like. 
where you're just adding things on top of things. I love this look. And this look actually began um, Kelly's hair confidence, which we're going to go into a little bit later, because the hair starts getting bigger. I was going to say, th this hair looks kind of like Farrah Fawcett. So it's, it's mm -hmm. like that kind of flowy kind of thing. So it makes sense. I like this outfit. I don't know why. Oh, I, yeah. There's nothing wrong with the outfit. It's maximalism. It's, just wild. it's, it's just paying wild. tribute to the era. And and Pam, okay. I Pam, I really I I'm like you. I never noticed this either, but it is a lot of red and black. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. It was just Kelly was in her goth phase, I guess. I well, mean, yeah, even the um without you outfit, that was a prom dress, was like the red um gown. Mm -hmm. Outfit number five. Outfits number five. Big band week. What can you say? This these outfits are perfect. She's doing stuff like that there in what's the off the shoulder Dalmatian dress. And something that people don't talk about, which I think is super cute, is her result show outfit. I had no memory of this outfit, but I You can't find pictures of it anywhere. She's wearing like a red short little cardigan with like three quarter sleeves and a black skirt. She looks like an army wife ready to tie a yellow ribbon around that old oak tree. <laughs> she <laughs> It's outstanding. a perfect week for Kelly. And this is what we're going to get into, that as her confidence grows, so does her hair. She looks like she could be straight out of the 40s, especially with the hairstyle that they gave her for the mm -hmm. performance show. And then, you know, the I like how you, you, I mean, it's probably what it actually is called, like the Dalmatian dress. Only for me, it's like a reverse Dalmatian because it's like a black dress with white spots. But yes, I mean, it's it's all perfect from everything it looks like and she's got like the pearl necklaces um which again very like old school love it but yeah and it's funny that the juxtaposition between uh the performance night and the results night are it looks like you know two entirely different people but it's yeah she looks great i'm gonna but need a link to that results show because they say bandstand she looks adorable mm -hmm. like she looks so adorable and i have no memory of this Honestly, so, I feel like a lot of people forgot the results show group numbers, and they are some of the best that American Idol's ever done. There's the disco medley, the Paula Abdul medley, yeah. Bandstand, California Dreamin'. They're all so good, and they're like still on my iPhone after like 20 years, and I still play them just for the nostalgia. They're great. We talked a little bit about them in our uh, Ranking the Idol songs episode last week uh, in that we weren't going to judge based on those because they were songs that involved everybody else in the show. But after we finished with the episode and Pam had mentioned the California Dreaming one by, by name, I went back and rewatched a whole bunch of them. And yeah, I forgot how good they were. And you just hear Kelly's voice kind of like soaring above everybody's. Like, yes. I don't know if her mic was high or she's just like, I'm loud. <laughs> her voice <laughs> was just soaring above all of them. It was, it's really, it's cute to, to listen back to. Outfit number six, Burt Bacharach week. Now, by this point, competition is neck and neck. We've got Justin Guarini singing The Look of Love in a fully see-through shirt. <laughs> Justin is pulling out all the stops. He's wearing tank tops. He's wearing skinny sweaters. He's showing nipple. <laughs> Kelly decides to fully just wear a bustier. Bring out my bustier. <laughs> Competition is tight. Yep. A red I'm one, gonna, no less. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, a cute little pink lacy one, pink or red, you decide. She looks so cute with her messy hair for Burt Backrack Week. And guess what? This is how you become an American Idol winner. You pull mm -hmm. out all the stops. You don't let somebody show nipple without you showing off <laughs> what you got. <laughs> I love this and I love you. That line, that line might be the tagline for the whole podcast. You don't let someone go out there and show nipple without showing what you got. The Kelly, right. the Kelly Clarkson story. <laughs> that's, that's a t-shirt. Oh my God. Or it's, uh, or it's the accompanying uh, coffee table book that comes with the podcast. Yeah. That was a great outfit. I, I feel like that, that, that outfit was like so pinnacle in early two thousands. It just like screams like the OC one tree hill. It's, mm. it's so. Well, that's timely. why I think that's why they made it the photo shoot outfit for all of the American Idol tour merchandise, the tour book stuff, her eight and a half by 11s or eight by 10s were that like this outfit with the hall, the bustier because it was hot and her hair looks great. She looks super cute that week. Yeah. And I just want to make point that as her confidence grows, so does her hair. We see pictures of here. We have big band week, the finale, the actual finale episode. And then by Vegas, her hair is just in HD. It's a widescreen <laughs> because she's I like, yeah, I won. So what? Look at my hair. As as they say in from Justin to Kelly, I'm from Texas. I've seen bigger. <laughs> Talking about Afro, Justin's right. hair, it's like, nope, Kelly's hair is also big. Last but not least, let's just talk about the finale outfit. I think, I think so many people bought like a pink T-shirt and a maroon denim jacket and some like loose fitting like bell bottoms after this. I think a lot of people did, and I would like to say that. If you're out there on September 4th of every year, please wear this outfit. Please recreate it. Yes. Yeah. Because it's a classic. By the way, if there were ever, because there is yet to be a Funko Pop of Kelly. I think if there were ever going to be one, this is the outfit she might have to be in. Um, and, and also, and if you guys can help me out, please tell me I'm right or wrong. But I could swear, and maybe this is some sort of weird Mandela effect with my own life. But I could swear that this outfit and possibly Justin's outfit from the finale as well, that these were on display somewhere. Like you could actually see this outfit. Tell me that I'm making this up. Tell me that I just have seen it so many times that I feel like I've seen it out in the wild. But I could have almost sworn to possible. you that they had these outfits on display somewhere. This wasn't included in the meaning of life thing where they had like the different like the vip like wardrobe cases Do you know i what don't think about? so because that was like the people's choice dress and like the people like us dress yeah. and the grammy dress i think yeah. but not this pam do you know where this t-shirt is from is it from like mandy's or forever 21 i would like you to guess so it's not either of those two no um abercrombie guess Hollister, uh, Aeropostale. Well, I'm trying to think guess. what was around then. Wait. Hot hot topic. No. The answer is guess. That's why I kept saying guess. Oh. oh I, <laughs> <laughs> you wanted me to keep guessing. I'm like, I'm running out of stores in the mall. I doubt that was from Fashion Bug. <laughs> make, a, make a guess joke with Pam. It was on my notes. So. And that worked. <laughs> it worked. It worked. It worked on both of us. Yeah. I so that's my PowerPoint. Love that. Love Rob. It. Thank you so much. 
always for your um, hard work and dedication and all things Kelly fashion. We, we and all of our listeners appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. We are so excited to bring two of the American Idol Season 1 Top 10 alum to Miss Into Podcast today. We are welcoming Christina Christian Siwi and Jim Vararos. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. You bet. It's so nice to see you guys. It is so excited, and I'm so excited to talk about not only the 20th anniversary, which is insane, of uh, both of you being on one of one of the most iconic TV shows of the 21st century, but also just to see what you're what you're up to today. We're really excited to have both of you on today. Now we've we've sort of uh, Christina, you're at a disadvantage because we've had Jim on before, and so he got to tell the long form story. So we might lean on you a little bit more, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but like Pam said, you know, you guys were both part of one of the most iconic shows that continues to this day. And, you know, a lot of people over the course of this year have been celebrating the 20th anniversary of the show, whether it be the show itself, uh, just in their 20th anniversary season. I know a lot of people, including both of you, sort of acknowledged the show's 20th anniversary uh, earlier this year on social media. We're sort of celebrating it as is, you know, we're now a couple, we're now at the point where the show had its finale and it was, you know, again, one of the biggest pop culture moments of you know the the of the century really and you guys were all a, a part of that and we love hearing about the old days so to speak and and what it was like to be on that show and i know that both of you have very unique perspectives so i guess before we go back uh 20 years christina we're going to start with you and we want you to let everybody know what you've been up to for the last 20 years oh 20 years just makes me feel so old <laughs> <laughs> But, same sister, same. <laughs> um, it's been a great ride. I mean, I'm enjoying the heck out of life. I'm in, I have three kids with my college sweetheart who I was on, I was engaged to when I was on the show. Um, we have a junior in high school. It's a lot. <laughs> um, she says that she leaving her me heart. Soon, and he's like my, you know, all my kids are just super close, but I can't believe he's leaving soon. Um, and then we have a seventh grader who's my performer. He loves to sing and he has such an amazing voice. And, um, and then my daughter's 10 and she's an artist as well. She's an, I can't draw, but she can draw. And they're just, you know, we're filled with life. Um, I work in tech, both my husband and I work in tech. Jim and I actually work for the same company. Hey. Um, what? And um, my husband and I both have worked from home for about 10 years. So it's, allowed us to truly raise our kids, um, and, and create and design a life that, that works for us. And so that's what we've been doing. We've been, we travel a lot. Um, we enjoy, my husband enjoys planning vacations. Um, I perform every once in a while for, you know, small events and I work a lot with my kid. Um, and just enjoying every day that I can, uh, I've had some health challenges, so I'm, I'm, I look at every day that I feel great as a, as a blessing, even the days where I don't feel great, you know, it's a blessing to be here and to be able to hang out with my children and see my friends and visit and watch my friends get married and exotic <laughs> locations. Um, so that's it. Jim, let's hear about you. I mean, we, we, again, we've, we've spoken to you before, but why don't you remind everybody what the last 20 years has been for I mean, you? I think for, for both of us, you know, we, 
again, first season, it was just so different, I think, than what it actually, you know, grew to be. And I, people always say like, oh, would you, you know, prefer to be on like a later season? And no, I mean, I think, you know, while we were eating Nutrigrain bars and Twizzlers right behind stage, and they got to have lobster fucking Thermidor after us, you're welcome, <laughs> two through 20. Like, it, it was just because I think, and I've said this to you guys before, it was less about the judges or the ratings. I think that for all of us, it was like you, you, we resonated with, with people, you know, like whether it was Christina's story and like her, you know, way too fucking early of an exit, you know, or my parents being deaf or, you know, whatever it was, I felt like we each had something to offer that was deeper than, you know, a judge's quarrel or, you know, I just think that there was something very special about the first season. And so I will stand it all day long. Um, and I, I truly ended up becoming a fan of, I think, all of us and what they did in their careers because we grew up together like in a, in a weird way, you know? And so I will, yeah. I will like support, you know, like Christina, there wasn't for our friendship for 20 years, I wouldn't be in tech, you know? And so it, it, it's just, it's blossomed into this beautiful thing. And she ended up, you know, traveling to, you know, come to Mexico to my own wedding. And it's just, there are like fruitful, loving long-term friendships that have evolved from that. So um, with that being said, I know I love it. <laughs> um, when, you know, we try and pursue things like Christina, you didn't even touch on this and you should, but you know, she ended up, you know, signing a record deal and started to work on music, you know, and I did for a lot later, but you try and navigate it. You try and, you know, be true to yourself or reinvent yourself. You know, I grew up my hair, I did eyeliner and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck it up and be, be something different to, to get, you know, people talking and to get them to pay attention to the music and then writing songs for the first time. Like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like, I was just like trying to make it, you know? And um, you, you just, you do your best. And sometimes it works out and you know, sometimes it doesn't, you know? That's okay. Well, I think, well I think said. There's also the authenticity. Like we were the first, yeah. right? We had no idea yeah. what was coming our way. We didn't know about the 2 a.m. Like, wake up, right. you got to go on camera totally. and do interviews. And then you still have to sing and then you're not eating anything. And, what? you know, you're losing. I lost like 13 pounds and I was all, already so like a stick. Yeah. So, it, oh I mean, it was really like what do they call them when people like rushing a fraternity or sorority? Yeah. That's what it was like. Like you were constantly <laughs> being hazed, yeah. but then you have like this benefit as well. And so it really caused us, you know, to, to really get really close. And like Jim said, I'm like the relationships that we've been able to keep, you know, I am super grateful for. And a lot of people can't say that they've been friends with people for 20 plus, you know, 20 years. So. Sure. No. Yeah. I think it's really also interesting. Obviously, you know, even before Idol, there had been sure. there have been talent shows. They existed, but I feel like this was the very first one where the viewers felt like they were part, and they felt like even though they didn't know the contestants like on a first name basis, back and forth, there was still that relatability factor, and that you know, this person could be my friend, this person could be my neighbor, and I think it really also helped shape what the show is i think you guys maybe were the only season that really had that um authenticity relatability yeah. yeah. i don't know i just felt yeah. like I, I mean i get ratings i get people got to make money and then that's where you get your sponsorships from and all of that i get that from a business angle yeah. but i just you know and i and i followed idol for a couple of seasons after i don't know if christina did but because i was just curious you know like what were the like like were they fun like us like yeah. were they did they seem close like we were 
and I think with us, I think the, the beauty of our group is that everything that came from that show, whether it was an interview with Rolling Stone or whether it was like an Old Navy commercial that, you know, some of the group got to shoot or, oh my God, a tour. Oh my gosh, an album. Oh, you know, it's like, you're going to do a Ford Focus commercial. Every little thing, it was like a surprise. It was like a what? A what? Yeah. You yeah. what? Like, oh. oh. They didn't oh, tell you. You're just like, like showed up. Too? Like, oh my God. Like, not how it was. Because no one, you, there was nothing to expect. And so I think there was a beauty in that right. because you just kind of just rolled with it. I mean, we were just so young and we just, oh my God. You were getting great things about it. Like tour for me was probably the ultimate because we literally got to do whatever the fuck we wanted to do. We had no judges like being annoying. It was just kind of like, let's, you know, cram some food like in our mouths and like get in here and makeup. And it was just so like, boom, 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 wake up in a different city, get on the bus, wake up in a different city, get on the bus. And it was just, it was the best. It was the best time a lot of bonding time we had so much bonding time on the bus and like i mean it was that was the best part because you didn't have the pressure of the competition right right? and you we could eat well like we ate well when we were on tour it was very different from being on the show um and we were healthier we were having a good time was it all 10 of you on on one bus two buses split two buses yeah Yeah. now did you guys kind of trade back and forth or did you where it was like like jets and sharks of the of the top ten that uh, sort of we were on each other's buses all the time. Yeah. It was really okay. not like we would we would we were segregated like that for sleeping, right? But like we were with each other all the time. That's what was really cool about it. And we spent a lot of time like backstage at the venues and in the hotels and do, you know really just having a blast with each other and getting to know each other. I mean, I I remember having some really in-depth conversation. That's where I got to know Tamara really well. And we're still, you know, really, really close friends. Um, And it dates back from those conversations that we had during the tour. I mean, I think Jim and I were like from the show, you know, and just clicked and then really got to know each other on tour. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's, it's kind of like a summer camp situation. (laughs) Whereas being on the show seemed like it was kind of, I mean, as you said, kind of like rushing something or you're like drill, you know, you just constant on like the the hamster wheel. And then finally tour life, it's a lot more structured and you know what's yeah. coming ahead of you. That's the nice part. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of, uh, you know, you said you, Christina, you said you still have a, a strong relationship with Tamira. Uh, this is questions for both of you. And I, and I know, Jim, you sort of say, you said earlier that you sort of, you still follow everybody and you're rooting for everybody all the time. Um, you know, are there other uh, uh, contestants in the top 10 that you guys still kind of stay in touch with? And I'm not yeah. saying like, you know, y- y'all go to each other's, you know, uh, barbecues or whatnot, but I'm saying, you know, I mean, like the occasional text or, you know, social media message. We're pretty close with a yeah. lot of them. Well, Christina, <laughs> like, the funny thing is Christina and I are like on a, on an Instagram thread. And I'm like, girl, let's do like, I want to do a reunion, like with just like with all of us. Right. And she was like, that's a great yeah. idea. And then I keep like pushing it like, hello, anybody there? And then like, no one really says anything. And then we thought, well, let's do it at, at Atlanta. And then, cause EJ's out there, RJ's out there. So it, it's hard. Like, I think there has to be someone to push it forward to like, I think people are down for it. I just know that I'm always, I feel like I'm kind of one of the people that I guess pushed all of us together to do things together only because I think it's fun. And like, I legitimately like everybody. Like I really, really do, yeah. you know, so. I just think it would be fun to like maybe like take a walk down memory lane for a weekend, get shit faced and make fun of 
all of this stupid shit that we had to do in the clothes and my choker that I wore on fucking TV guide. Like, let's just like have fun and just like, and just, I think, and also just talk about the good times and not just, you know, I think some people, you know, not everyone's experience is, is, is created equal. I will say that. I mean, that's very true, right? My, my experience might be different than someone else's, but I can look back 20 years right. and say, God, what a fucking amazing time, you know? I think it's also hard because so many of us are in different types of situations and can't necessarily get away. And um, I think Jim, you and I are are definitely more flexible. My kids are older, you know, Tamara has younger kids and and yeah, and everybody's in different financial situations, different, you know, job situations. So we get that, but yeah, Jim and I are always like, when are we getting ready? She's like ready to go. And I'm like, you say Well, you, you guys, you guys did do that. Um, it was like yeah. very early COVID. There was like yeah. that little Zoom reunion thing. Yeah. I did watch Thanks that. That Jim. was that yeah. was. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> that was an I loved that. That was such and that was like adorable. And it was I was not expecting it. I'm like, oh my god, everyone's. Well, like, it was fun because a little party. Justin, that was that was great. Justin wanted to do it for his show, but I think the, the first one that we did, it was like no, no, no one was in the room, and we laughed and just like had a glass of wine and just like, that's kind of what I wanted to keep it as, but I get it. Like, it's cool to get us all together. Like, you know, in, in, in one, in one space, like it never will happen. Yeah. Cause no one else in the world yeah. has had that experience. Yeah. Like you guys, there have been other top tens, yeah. but never a top 10. That was like, what is this show? <laughs> is this a real thing? Is this going to be shown Literally. on public access? No, <laughs> it's prime time. Yeah. You yeah. had no uh, idea. I think that's important though, too, to say like, Jim, we had our, our private one yeah. before that, yeah. that show. So it was, that was, I think the first time a majority of us had gotten together like that. And that was, that was wonderful. Yeah, really- I, I'll tell you to, to be a fly on a wall of any kind of get together with all of you guys would just be incredible because there's just to sit back and listen to you guys tell your stories, not even just of, of 20 years ago, but just cause you're all equally interesting and accomplished people that, it's you people feed off of that when you're in the room with with interesting people. And I still to this day find everybody from from that season very interesting. And it's fun to follow everyone's careers, whether, you know, they stick around in in the industry or if they go their own separate ways like you guys kind of have done. Uh, it's so much fun to see you guys all get to back together because it, and somebody sort of touched on this. There is no other recreation of this. I mean, this this top 10 was a very unique scenario and there's never going to be another thing like it at all. So I'm glad to hear that you guys are all still, you know, sort of stay in touch and, and still uh, uh, speak to one another, because I feel like that would almost be a tragedy. If you guys had, I probably wouldn't let that happen. So, I mean, no, you <laughs> Jim, you and I are very similar because I'm like the organizer and mine's obviously on a much smaller scale, but like mine's like, I'm the guy who calls everyone for the high school class reunion. Totally. I'm the one that's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to get a 25th together. Everybody come on. We're all doing like, I'm that guy. Who's like you, who's like, okay, hello. Are we, are we doing this? Are we getting together? Hear me. That's the energy too. But your energy feeds into that energy. Like you were saying about, you know, imagine the energy that you feel when you're in the room. Like Christina was very much that person for me. Like she was very strong. She was very driven, super talented, and she was just very focused. And I was like, that's, to be around people like that and to have that energy in your world is like, that rubs off on you. And like that 
like gets you to do things that you may not have normally had. And so support, energy, positivity, all of that, like is lit, like totally like translucent, I think in that way. Yeah. Christina, um, I have to ask you this question because Jim didn't stick around on the show long enough to have enough stories to share with us. But uh, we want to hear uh, some stories Same. about the house, oh. because, again, another thing oh. that <laughs> was very unique to your season was the fact that you guys all lived under the same roof. And, and we've heard, you know, the, the legendary stories about this house and how it was a house that was built for music videos. And, you know, and it's been in all these different uh, videos. It would have been a TikTok house today. Right. Like, yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, can you, you know, share a, a favorite anecdote or story about uh, living under the same roof with the top 10? That you're, that you're allowed to share. <laughs> <laughs> Say, hmm. I mean, I think for me, I, um, I shared a room with my brother for a period of time and I've never shared a room with a female up until that point. And it was, um, it was interesting because it's not only that you're sharing, like as a roommate situation, you're in a competition. There is artificial stress put on you. You didn't know at the time that you were going to have this artificial stress put on you. There were things told to one person and told the other to kind of like start arguments. And, and so that's like, oh yeah. And we learned like one of the contestants and I like on tour, we're talking about it. And, and she was like, I never said that. And I'm like, and, and she was like, did you say this? I'm like, I never said that. Like, and we found it like things were just planted to try and get us to have an argument on camera. And at one point they, they were trying to get, they were really pushing Ryan and Nikki to argue. And they purposely like, you know, room them together. And we all stood up for ourselves and said, we're not doing this. Like, you're not going to be filming us in the house because we realized what was starting to happen. Um, so that's, that made it difficult for a period of time living in the house, like not knowing, I mean, you're away from your family, you're away from your closest friends and you're dealing with all of this stress, but then all this like somewhat negative energy that was being thrown in for TV. Yeah. For reality TV. It sounds like it sounds like they're, they were trying to make it the real oh. world with singing. Kind of, yeah. And it's and and I, I never get showed it from a producer's that. standpoint, right? Like I totally get it for ratings, but as like young kids, you're not understanding that dynamic, and you know it's impacting different relationships that you have. I, for one, am somebody like I'm an empath, so like energy I take in, and um, and it really I don't I don't know if that that was also added stress for me. Um, but it was, it, that was hard to kind of deal with. And I think what was nice again about tour is not having that artificial stress put on us and just being able to be ourselves and bond. And like Jim was saying that energy transfer, like just being able to connect um, was nice to be able to do on tour. That's wild that they really tried to start arguments with you guys. Like they, and like Pam said, it was very much like it's, it's enough pressure that you guys were on American Idol, but now they're trying to also make it the real world. Holy moly, that must have been hard on you guys. That's TV, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's reality it's, TV. It's TV, Fine. but I, it's TV, but like, I mean, even I feel like season two from my memory, like they didn't show a ton of like, all, you know, uh, B roll kind of stuff. It was all about the singing. Maybe some like little like Ari Ford commercials or whatever, but like, I don't remember like that ever being a thing. So it's really interesting that they were trying to make this more than just singing. 
God, I think they wanted to show the behind the scenes, but I think we did a good job as a group kind of standing up for ourselves and like good. preventing that from happening. And I, I'm grateful that they didn't push even yeah. harder. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I realized the value of the show was allowing us to have as much fun as we could under these like crazy conditions. Um, so, and, and thankful that we had Patrick oh. who is just like, was a godsend um, <laughs> for us all. So now for people who don't know who Patrick was, um, talk about, talk about who Patrick was for you guys. Call him like our dad. I mean, he was, he truly was there for us. Like I always felt like he was helping us through whatever situations he felt for us being so new in this environment. Um, and you always just felt like you can count on him. He would help you out. If you were having a tough day, he'd come and talk to you just like plain person to person. And that was, that was extremely helpful. He just such like a kind, kind soul. And I'm grateful that we had the experience with him. Were you guys like, as far as past auditions, past Hollywood, all that thing, when you got to more like the top 10 ish, were you guys just thrown in or was there any sort of media training or stage? (laughs) I don't know. You just were thrown in literally like, okay, you guys can sing. Well, we assume, you know, how to do stage cues and all this, all this. I mean, you had a stage manager that would tell you to stand here or do, you know, do whatever, but it wasn't, we didn't have any training. I mean, there was no media training. Um, I mean, we were told to kind of stick to not to say certain things, stick to the script, whatever, things like that. But I don't remember Jim, any, uh, Sort of. We were told to go to a mall to buy our own fucking clothes. Like we, like <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That. No, silent, about no nothing. <laughs> like cardboard cutout set that we are falling through yes. the floor on because RJ literally like fell through the floor like <laughs> yeah one time. Like literally, we had a mama stage manager Debbie Williams who I I love and adore. She has all her. of like Golden yeah. Globes. She does. Like the Emmys, the Tonys. I mean, she's huge. Like she comes with yeah. like every major A-list celebrity. So she was our stage manager, um, who I loved too, because I thought she was very mother, like motherlike, and she, she, loved she was, yeah, very motherly. Um, but I, <laughs> we didn't. They, they gave us a Visa gift card, and they're like, "Here you go." Like I could have bought like a onesie. Never like, the center. Like, <laughs> no, no training, no stylist. And then like after like seasons like eight, nine, and ten, they have vocal coaches, full bands to work with you, practice runs. And I'm like, whatever. Background music. I know, I know. That was, I will say watching it after, like watching subsequent seasons. And I'm like, wow, wow. And the other thing too, is that they did not have a big song selection. Cause at the time for the first season, a lot of people did not want their songs being sung. The other thing is that like, even one of the experiences I had, like when I auditioned, what the sh- song that they showed was my audition. I auditioned with like Alanis Morissette song and um, Celine Dion, and that was never shown. Um, and then they wouldn't allow me to sing like anything that was like pop rock because it didn't fit what I looked like. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was very, it, it was, it was very curated for parts of that. Um, and then again, not having a lot of, songs being okayed by the artists like we were really restricted in terms of you know song selection yeah like jeremy and i were talking um a few weeks ago on one of our episodes about how obviously you guys had zero control as to like what publishing went through and who uh, uh, like approved things because a lot of people thought it was just right. like a karaoke show they had oh. no idea what it was but it's ironic that they were trying to get this to be this like cool hip trendy show 
yet they're like doing like big Literally. band week. And, like, Jim, like, how about these in the Commodores? And I'm like, hit, cool, neat. It's just, it yeah. makes no sense. We're the sense. hottest pop culture like, thing on I the mean, planet. We're going to have Burt Bacharach week. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. But also, <laughs> because those are the older songs that people want to, like, it's easy to get those approved. Like, yeah. just, yeah. it just was really totally. tough. Yeah. Wow. Um, you guys sort of touched on it here a second ago, and we actually both had written this down. Uh, something that we wanted to talk about was getting dropped off at, an LA mall, which by the way, Pam wants to know what the mall was that you guys got dropped off at. And and what the Beverly Center. The Beverly Center. Okay. And then so they give you a visa gift card and they just say, go get some clothes. Like nobody said, don't buy this, 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 or this, because it looks bad on TV. So you literally could have just like walked into like an H and M and gotten like whatever you oh my God. That's incredible. I mean you knew you were using these the clothes for stage, right? So I think all of us were like, okay, we're gonna put on what makes us feel good or what we think looks oh. hot or whatever but we only had the beverly center there was no other direction and we're like running from store to store i still have a belt that i bought back then outstanding um, but it was also like 5k <laughs> like, like how far does 5k go in the beverly center like nowhere <laughs> and like, i literally was like oh here's yeah. my jeans and choker i'm ready <laughs> now we we heard a story that that ryan uh ryan star uh did she create her own clothing she designed it. Yeah. Like, so if she had a really cool pair of jeans or tops, like she was, yeah, she was definitely really creative. I mean, a lot of us kind of created our stuff, but her look, her image definitely was her so brand. So she'd take like that she fabric and she'd safety pin it or she'd take like a top and sort of like maybe yeah. like up, like upcycle it and do, make it a crop and then do a rip in it. Like, so she'd take something and kind of transform it to make it look very sexy and edgy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I was like, does she have like like a sewing machine in her hotel room? Like, I didn't know that extent. I mean, she did it we in like a creative, cost-effective way. Like, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It worked. We just, her. we figured you guys all got dropped off at the mall and then they took her to like Joanne Fabrics or something and just said, okay, this is obviously where you want to go. So don't worry about the clothes. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I mean, we just, we didn't have any guidance. We just didn't know any better. And 20 years ago, style was different. You know, like now. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Although I it's mean, coming back now. Totally. Yeah. You know. Everything totally. is I, I feel like we were just, again, it's like, it was a guinea pig moment. I think they were like, well, crap, we don't have stylists. What are we going to do for these kids? All right, well, let's just five grand on a visa card and tell them to go. And so. They should have put the money towards a stylist. <laughs> and get it. One would have thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Uh, it was a reward. For yeah. The show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so let's let's speak about uh, post uh, idle days. Uh, Christina, we want to hear about forever or never. Oh, so I wrote that in the UK. Um, wrote that song. We had another song in mind, but the producers felt like that would be the song for us to go with. And I actually, that was on the album that we were set to release. Um, I actually walked away from my deal due to my husband and them just not treating him necessarily correctly. And mm-hmm. so um, four of us were signed to 19. I think it was, it was Kelly, Tamira, Justin, and I, and I was under Simon's label. I recorded my album and also filmed a video in South Africa and um, did all of that. And then when we were, we were set to move to London to release, they didn't send my husband's visa, which they had promised to do. And 
that was like the third thing that they had prevented him from being with me. And I just made the decision to leave the recording behind and continue on as like a songwriter for 19. And so that's what I did for a couple of years. And then after having our first child, it just got too much to travel. And I decided to leave the business. I think that was, you know, as, as unfortunate as it may have been at the time, I think it's really admirable for you to do that because it's no secret. Labels don't often care about the artists there. It's just a cash grab yeah. and you probably didn't have a lot of as much creative control as you wanted. And it's, I will hard. say like, that's where I discovered that I can songwrite. Like Simon Fuller kind of forced me to go and, and with, that's where the money is. Yeah, he met, Let's be honest. I met with a bunch of different, um, songwriters and producers and wrote a couple songs they even wrote one with Tamira's husband who Fantasia almost sang we almost got like the the main song for Idol um and I had I had my songs picked up and used by other artists so that was cool it was a cool experience traveled the world like I don't think if I if I didn't travel the world I probably wouldn't be okay with like when my husband was like I want a son <laughs> and having a kid at that time but I got to experience like three to four good years in the industry, I just couldn't commit myself to that life because I found way more fulfillment in the man that I was with. Yeah. I'm still with. I love Are that. you saying, Christina, that somewhere out there in a vault somewhere is a full Christina Christian record that's just sitting there gathering dust? So I have the whole album. I, I think as of two years ago, I had full rights to all my music. Um, That's great. So yeah, it's, and a lot of it I wrote so I can, like I was a co-writer on forever and ever. A lot of songs I would write from like scratch and then send it to a producer. So I actually own the melody and and that part of it. So it's, it's cool. Well, we have to say we have a uh, unofficial third host on this show is our friend Rob, who um, actually wanted us to bring up your song in particular uh, and I believe Pam, and make sure I get this right. His exact quote was, "Ask her about it because it's a bop." Yes, <laughs> yes. He was like, "I need to know where it is." There's performances on YouTube. I love yes. this song. I, so. I do have it. I could send it over. Uh, oh it. He would. <laughs> he would flip yes. it as possible. <laughs> it's funny because I, a couple of people, even some of the producers that we worked with, um, we kept in touch and we're like, "Should we just put it out now that they have all these platforms?" But it's just. It's another project that I would need to dedicate time to yeah. that I don't necessarily have yet to like the time yet to do that yeah. correctly, right? Like so it's it's a lot of work. Now do you still identify with a lot of those songs that you wrote and recorded as a as an early 20 something, you know, 20 years later? Like do you do you go back and listen to those and be like, "Ugh." Yeah. No, I like I would write about other people's situations. Okay. I wrote my wedding song, so that um we still to this day Tamira actually sang it at another wedding because her husband and I produced it um and wrote it together so um some of the songs I do go back and some of the songs I wrote about people's situations that like that people that I was friends with that they were going through in tough times and a lot of it too is about like just doing better for yourself or being high on life and it's a lot of positivity so um I've always kind of been like Jim said I've always kind of been that person um and so i do enjoy them my kids enjoy them and i have friends that you know ask me about songs and i'll send them to to them as well that's awesome and jim you got to do your share of recording as well i mean you got to do a couple of records yeah you know i i will say this i um being 19 years old and having the great door open right because of idol 
Um, and, and I think reinventing myself too probably got people to talk, which was nice. But I, I think the beauty that came from Idol is that it made you kind of wonder, could I do this? I've never written a song. I guess I could try. Don't know if I'll suck. But then you find someone that believes in you. You find a great producer who I owe a lot to. Gabe Lopez, you know, produced pretty much all of my, all of my albums. Um, and he was the one that said, no, we're going to do this. And I remember I, we first met and I was like, I think I'm going to do a John Mayer sound. And he was like, that's really fucking like, we're not doing that. And so I was like, okay, well, what should I do? And then he was just like, think about the people that you, that you grew up listening to. And, and obviously coming from, you know, my parents who are, who are deaf, you know, there wasn't music playing in our house. Right. So my, yeah. my attraction to certain artists was very innate and it was very natural and it was very organic. So for me, it was like Tina Turner and Mariah and Whitney. And then as I got a little bit older, George Michael. And so I was like, okay, George, that man was like all sex all the time, but he was also an incredible singer. And so I think that I molded myself a little bit, you know, kind of in his sort of image or what he would do now or my age, I guess at that time. So um, so I got to do some music. I had a top 20 billboard, like dance hit in the clubs, you know, and that was really fun. And it's funny that we're talking about this because I just reached out to uh, a DJ here in Chicago and, she, and she's, she's in LA, but she was here for a gig. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of throwing an idea around. Would you consider doing like a track for me? And at 40 or almost 40, I think because the pressure's off and I don't give a fuck, like I kind of want to fuck around and like see what it feels like. Yeah, it gets do it. I miss it. And I think when you yeah. create something from nothing, or maybe I'll send a track to Christina and be like, girl, I want to do a duet. We can be fighting over the same guy. It'll be so hot. Like, <laughs> why, like, why not? Because it's like, we have every platform at our fingertips, social media, it takes nothing to go viral anymore. And if it doesn't go viral, who cares? At least we were creative. Right. We were artistic and we channeled something and did something that was that no one that no one's done. And so I kind of look at music very differently where it's like, you know what, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go back in the studio and just fuck around and then put it out if people want to listen to it. And if they don't, they don't. So I don't know. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited yes. now. We're going to get music from both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we wanted to, uh, cause you know, this is obviously all about going back and, and reliving uh, the, the initial season of American Idol and we wanted to ask you a couple of uh, interesting questions to see if we can test your knowledge. And we want to update some stuff, so to speak. Oh, so first and foremost, one of the questions you want to ask is, do either of you remember your audition bib number? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> no. Hmm. It wasn't 69, right? <laughs> no. Um, no, I don't I don't remember it. <laughs> oh my God. Any That's a good question though. Question. Any guesses oh whatsoever, God. Christina? Uh, no. no. Like I could see what I was wearing. Like I know what I was Same. wearing. I yep. just don't remember the bit yeah. Okay, Jim, for 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 factual checking, yours was five three seven nine. Oh. Yours was a little difficult because you were wearing a jacket or something during your audition, so it was a little harder to see your uh, your number. Yes, the uh, Canadian tuxedo, I think. Denim on yes. <laughs> and then, uh, Christina, when you did your uh, audition down in Miami, uh, you were wearing bib number 10010. Oh, so 10,010. We should have known that one. What? 10,010. Oh. One zero. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, can I clean mommy brain? I've had three kids. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. 
So we also want to update uh, some things that you guys have said in the past. And to do this, we're going to bring out a relic from the past. <laughs> we're going to bring out the American Idol's tour from the top 10 from tour 2002. Wait, lift that up, though, because she looks so oh, cool yeah, in, yep. that, in that cowboy hat. Yes. She looks Yes. Oh, my God. I Look love it. That was a good photo. And then Jim's over here in the corner. Nope. Yep. No, there he is. Yep, there he is right there. Person, yep. Sultry. Yes. Okay, so you guys were all given, uh, I'm assuming they probably like gave you a piece of paper and said, here's a bunch of questions, you know, give us your answer so we can put it in the tour book. Yeah. And we're going to give you the question. We're going to give you what your answer was. And then we want to see if you want to update that answer at all. Okay. okay? God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Christina, we're going to start with you. The question they asked you was the strangest place you got recognized. First and foremost, do you remember what your answer was? bathroom your answer was coming out of a bathroom stall someone recognized you <laughs> i feel like that's just like a like standard like i hope no one ever sees me in the yes. bathroom <laughs> now would you like no, to I, amend I, I, that no i still think it it was it was like i came out of the stall and they were like talking to me oh, and geez. it's not oh, necessarily no. the place that you're like all right can i wash my hands yeah. <laughs> then we'll have a conversation yeah <laughs> um Oh, I just had one coming back from Jamaica, the global entry. So for immigration, he looks at my passport and he's like, from Idol? He's like, Christina from Idol? And I'm like, totally caught off guard. I mean, this is, I'm 41 years old now. So I was like, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That like just happened. That recently. just happened in June. My husband was like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> We can still get that 20 years later. Like we did something right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. All right. Uh, Jim, here's yours. Uh, it, this one was a little weird because I don't really know why they decided to go this route with you because it just it was an odd question. Uh, they asked you to reveal a secret about Ryan. Do you remember what the secret was that you revealed? Oh, um, well, I would probably give you a different answer now but he had fake highlights because we had the same hairstylist and he would take this mascara hold on not no not seacrest ryan star oh sorry i just or are you or are you talking about maybe it was ryan seacrest sorry ryan seacrest. i'm not maybe it was seacrest um okay well that that's for Steve. fake highlights but there was like a mascara and he would put the mascara in and you could just put blonde highlights in your hair <laughs> and that's what him and i both did because we had because you know i like wanted to be like ryan he's so cute you know and then outstanding we had the same hairstylist. okay so ryan star um I, i'm assuming it was ryan seacrest because i thought it was weird I that out of seacrest i don't know if they would yeah. i think yeah so it'd be weird that they would ask you for a secret about ryan star well what, what was the answer the, the answer was eats like a pig and loves bacon cheeseburgers that's ryan star that's oh, it start. is. Okay. <laughs> he ate literally anything and everything. And literally she was just like, oh, I just, you know, did the Olympics like marathon. I'm like, I weigh nothing. I, I just lost so much weight. So I just look at her like salivating over a cauliflower. And she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to like, this fucking sucks. You know? <laughs> I love that we got the bonus secret about Seacrest though, but can you, can you reveal a different secret about uh, Ryan Starr today that you know? Oh gosh. Um, well, that she won't hate you for it. I don't know if it's like a secret, but it was more of like a, a situation that happened. And I was very, this is actually not funny. This was actually very scary. We were in her Jeep 
and we were at a gas station and she was filling up her tank and she she had open air, no doors, nothing. And she had like a Jeep Wrangler, I think at the time. And I was sitting in the passenger seat and there was, there was a guy with a bat in his hand and he came up to me and I literally did nothing, said nothing. I looked straight ahead and Ryan was just kind of like, what, 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 are, you, like, what are you doing? What's like, what, what, what's going on? And he wanted to then like try to like attack me with a bat. And I just will never forget that situation because it was the first time that I had ever experienced that kind of in my life. Like, yeah. Wow. Like, oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Like, I did nothing, said nothing. I literally just looked straight ahead. Cause I was like, if I move, this guy's going to bash my head in. And so that was a crazy situation. And we were Holy cow. Totally. Yeah. Did he just yeah. like walk mm-hmm. away? Yeah, that was pretty scary. Another question that you got, Christina, the most embarrassing thing to happen on stage. What do you think you said? Oh, I don't mm. know. That's actually not terribly far off from your answer because you said nothing, but then you also threw in maybe Simon flirting with me. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. Uh, like, I didn't need that. <laughs> I didn't need that. Um, I mean, I also, I think, well, yeah, well, it didn't happen on stage. I would say like collapsing and not being able to, and not knowing what happened, like what was going on health wise and you know, finding out years later, I think that is how I would update it. Like yeah. leaving the show the way I had to leave it was hard because I was sick during the show and really couldn't talk about that. And then, yeah. you know, finally couldn't even continue going on. And, you know, just having to deal with like all of the comments after, like, was she pregnant? Was she that like, it was yeah. just ridiculous. I mean, and, so. and I guess, you know, we, we did want to touch a little bit on that because it was, a, I mean, it was a major storyline, if you will, with the show. Um, you know, was that something that you, did you talk about it with, with the other, with the producers or the other contestants that you weren't a hundred percent during your run on the show? Oh, they knew that I had seen a doctor, but they couldn't tell, they couldn't figure out why I was so dehydrated. I, I know why now I have an autoimmune disorder called Sjogren's. So it, it basically attacks your fluid producing glands in all of your organs mm-hmm. <laughs> in your body. Oh so when you're under stress, that exacerbates, um, the symptoms. And so like I had lost my voice and I couldn't like, I was losing weight. And I was, I mean, I was like, I looked at video. I was so, I looked anorexic like that. I was so skinny and I ate, it wasn't like I wasn't eating. I was just eating shitty foods and my body just wasn't handling it. California is very dry. I was on a lot of, um, allergy meds too. Like they were trying to like help me out to figure out what's going on and my body just shut down. So were those symptoms first starting when you were on the show or was that something that you had kind of, it was, da- it was dabbling a little bit earlier. Dabbling a little bit earlier. I would get like low blood sugar and you know, they couldn't figure out why. So it's just like your immune system was just all over the place. And then, um, a couple years after that, after having my son, I was 27 when I was diagnosed, but it wasn't like they had to do many, a lot of different tests before they could even figure it out. So now I know, and I'm doing so much better, but that's so great. Autoimmune stuff is really tricky. I have uh, Hashimoto's myself, but like no one, it's so hard to diagnose a yeah. autoimmune thing because everyone wants to try to, you know, figure out the, oh, your stomach's problem. Oh, it's a stomach issue. Oh, your head's, it's a head issue. And no one ever, oh, it's yeah. like the last thing people think of exactly. is, and it's the most severe. So I'm so glad you're doing better. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a journey. It's every day. It's be, trying to be as healthy as I can and setting boundaries mentally for things and, 
you know, having a positive outlook on life because that really affects your immune system. Well, I also remember there being footage of Christina, if you guys remember on Idol, like they actually filmed her being like out on like a gurney. Which I was like, why would they like- They weren't supposed to, because that's like against the law too. I'm sure that is, yeah. Yeah. Like cut to commercial, come on. Yeah, come on. That was like, yeah. If I, I mean, if I look back, like how they handled it, like that wasn't great. I remember that. Like, and then they had God. to they had to have somebody come and tell you when you were sort of well enough is probably the wrong way to say it. But they had to have somebody come and say, oh, and by the way, if this wasn't bad enough, you also got eliminated from the show tonight. Yeah, no, I think it was I think it was also liability wise, like I couldn't go on. So um, it was a good thing for me to just get healthy. Like there was no way I was performing the following week or the week after Like, and I, you know, I, I remember going on tour, coming and singing on the show after they're like, Oh my God, you sound like a completely different person. It's like, well, no, this is how I sounded, but I was just sick. So yeah. like, I couldn't, you know, that I would say was the hardest part of the show for me is like knowing my body wasn't functioning properly and having to do this for the first time in front of a live crowd. And like, they'd be like, Oh, you sounded like this one day. And then like, you're not like, I couldn't, do the same thing then the following week. And it's like your body's not functioning. Right. So I had no control over it. So it was, it was scary as a 21 year old, um, feeling a little bit out of control because you had no control over your body. Yeah. And also even people who are quote unquote, relatively healthy for lack of a better term, I feel like viewers just think, oh, they, you know, go through some like rehearsals and then like they have the live show and then they have the results show and then okay that's it until next week it's like no you guys are put through the ringer constantly yeah. promo rehearsal not sleeping more ford commercials like everything just and it does take a toll on anyone let alone someone who yeah. was sick well i think that's why they changed some of the things like the next year there was a chef um that was put into the house right i think ruben and and Clazier. And so they had to make changes because of what happened on our season. I mean, Kelly, I think lost like 20 pounds too. Like we were under a lot. Yeah. We were under a lot of stress. So, um, they realized that they couldn't put us through like the subsequent seasons couldn't be put through the ringer. This might be a, um, an out there question, but I, it, this has made me wonder about it. And, and Christina, you can, you can, you know, you can punt on this question. You could say, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to answer that. Um, do you think, had you, do you actually think you were the lowest vote getter that week? Or do you think that they gave you a good reason to have a gracious exit from the show? Um, I'll plead the fifth on it. I've heard <laughs> a couple of different sides from people that were involved in the show. Yeah. So I, I, again, what I will say when they told me I was extremely happy because I couldn't like physically, I couldn't yeah. keep going. Sure. All right. That was yeah. the proper the proper diplomatic answer. Let's pi- let's pivot back. <laughs> yes. uh, we've got one more uh, question here from the 2002 Idols tour book, and this one's for Jim. Uh, Jim, the question they asked you was: In a fantasy world, what three things would you bring on the American Idol tour bus? Oh God, I would totally update this question because I think I said like the most like you know prim and proper answers. Um, and I probably didn't want to sound like too gay in my answer either. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Or, or did I not give a fuck? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> if I left my Britney CD, no, I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, I would. Pro- I'm probably gonna have to update this. But if I if I if I try to remember, I would probably say 
maybe some kind of a book, maybe like a, we had, we had like walk, Walkmans back then, didn't we? Like, yeah. um, a book, maybe like some sort of like music player and like a movie, maybe like a DVD player or something like that. Am I close? Uh, no, although I think it was, I think it was actually Kelly who said that she would bring her Walkman with her on oh, tour. Uh, Jim, you actually said I would bring my best friend, an endless supply of chamomile tea and Elton John so he could train me vocally. Oh. Wow. So totally a homosexual answer. Good for you. Elton <laughs> <laughs> John and chamomile tea. Maybe I should like write a song about something like that. That's, That's your new song. I like That's that. That's your new uh, yeah. Um, so what oh would it be gosh. now? So what would it be now? It would be my husband. Um, it would be uh, lube, and uh, <laughs> probably um, I think just, just a gallon jug should be <laughs> should suffice. I think. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Thank you so much. I'm glad you did not put that in the tour. Can you imagine? I fully oh support this. <laughs> what a tour. That's funny. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we're we're a podcast that has to do with with Kelly's career and and you know, we we know good and well about how Jim feels about Kelly. Um, Christina, can you share, you know, maybe a, a memory or, you know, what your thoughts have been about Kelly's career uh since the show 20 years ago? So when I First, I think we were in Pasadena. I said Kelly was going to win. I just was like, I loved her voice. Um, I loved her personality. We've always gotten along. We got along during the show um, and afterwards. I wish I did a better job, honestly, earlier on, kind of keeping in touch. I wasn't the best with it because I got pregnant and life kind of took over. But um, I love where her career has gone. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what else she's going to do. I thought the talk show was fantastic. Like I thought that was just a great way to, to show her personality. Um, I know personally she's been through some challenges recently, but I think that's, you know, teaching her a lot and she's going to continue to kick ass. I mean, she, again, I knew the minute I met her, the minute I heard her, I was like, Oh my God, this woman is just fantastic. Um, so I'm excited, you know, the new music and to just continue to see where she, you know, goes with her career. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like there's not much that Jim can add to that, but I mean, do you have an updated answer from the last time we asked you? I, I think that, I mean, I guess my, my goal, my wish, and I, I was hoping that this was going to happen for all of us was to do this, 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 you know, reunion on her talk show. That was kind of what I was thinking was going to happen. It's our 20th anniversary. And I think I even tweeted out that I'd be happy to organize it, obviously, if, if she wanted to. <laughs> and it would have been a great opportunity to just see her because it's been a minute. And with someone at her stature, it's hard to, I mean, she's changed her number probably a million times, but I, I do know that you know, when we were when we were in touch, you know, fairly regularly and even sort of like intermittently, I mean, like I told her about, I was texting her back and forth about my divorce and, you know, this was, obviously she was like very happy with Brandon at that point, but um, she's just, she's an amazing woman in, in all shapes, ways, forms. She's a woman that deserves everything and more, uh, because she's the real fucking deal. She's kind and she's generous. And, um, you know, I, I feel for, you know, what she's been through, but please come on that album that's coming, you know, that's going to be fire and, yeah. you know, that voice, she's just, 
gotten better and better and better. And I will say this, I've said it a million times, she is the best voice on the planet right now. And I think she's held that spot for a very long time. So I was a huge fan from day one, like Christina said. I was kind of like, all right, well, just send me home because she just sang that song. So I'll just walk <laughs> my gay ass right out like here. And and she, and I just remember saying that to her and just being like, my God, like, wow. Just like, this is it. Like, this was it for me. So yeah, I'm excited for her, her proud of her. Hope she knows that I am from afar. And, you know, who knows, maybe that reunion might still happen, but I think that would be so much fun. There, there was that mini one with the, you know, uh, Randy, uh, yeah. Paula, Simon, Justin. So yeah, a couple possible. of us did like videos for yeah, it. We, you know, yeah. Tamara, we like, shot yeah, that's yeah, right. That was yeah. really cute. Um, but you know, it'd be fun. Originally, they were trying to get us to all come out there, but I think it was, it was just a budget too thing. much. Yeah. Season one budget. So now she's like yeah. a proven like multi Emmy winner. So now it's like, come on, you guys got some money to put us up at like Hojo's yeah. or yeah. Red Roof Inn. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, it was funny, Jim, you said that, you know, you would uh, occasionally you would text with Kelly. And this is something I've actually I, I didn't realize I wanted to know the answer to this. But now I do. Is Kelly the type of person who when you're texting with her, is she a text right back or is she? A, oh, I'm sorry. I got busy. And she texts two days later the answer to your question. Oh, she was. I think if I caught her at the right time, she'd be like right there and she'd text me back or it would be like a day. Probably, and then she yeah. would probably get back. But she, Which is completely I, I was kind of like, oh, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm in the same boat, and I right, do not have a life. I mean, so, yeah. And sometimes, like, it, I just didn't even, it, it, it just a response was, like, kind of kind. I think you have to sort of, like, put yourself in someone's shoes like that. Totally. Right. She was even responsive, like, was yeah. very sweet. So, I yeah. love that. Jim, Christina, thank you both so much for joining oh. us today. It's Christina, it was so nice to meet you. Jim, it was so nice to talk to you again. And it was just really nice to hear some of the stories and your perspectives on the last 20 years. Um, I know a lot of our listeners are just music fans in general and American Idol fans in general. And I know they really appreciate, as much as we do, you guys taking you know, an hour out of your day to talk to us. So thank right. you so Christina, much. You thank need you to give them, give them that track. You need to play them some music and give them the exclusive because <laughs> these guys are it. They're the best. I love we would love it. Well, share, definitely share my email if you haven't already. And I'll shoot Wonderful. some things over. Yeah. Wonderful. For sure. Love it. Guys, thank you so much for being here. We really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you, guys. Oh, my gosh. How much fun is it to talk to not only to Jim, but also to Christina? That was a, I love that. And also, good job on you for busting out that American Idol tour book. That was <laughs> such an awesome idea. But I love speaking with both of them. And even Jim, we learned, even though we had already spoken to him once, still brought out some new stories and new facts about the show. Yeah. And Christina is a sweetheart. I'm so glad we got to speak with her. And... It's just so kind that they really were just like, yeah, well, we'll just talk and shoot the shit. And uh, yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed that. Yeah, they were both very generous with their time. And it's, you know, it's still I get a little starstruck still. Um, yeah. I, you know, even in my job, like I, I'm to the point now where I can walk into a meet and greet with an artist and I don't, you know, ooh and ah and coo over them. Uh, I've just I've been fortunate enough to do it enough over the last 20 plus years but to see you know our our zoom here that we have for when we record the episodes and to see you know christina christian pop up on my screen and by the way 
looks almost exactly the same as she looked oh 20 years ago. Oh, my God. I was thinking that if I didn't want to say anything to her. She looks exactly the same. Exactly. Yes. I mean, Jim, Jim's like Jim. Um, he's a grown ass man. Uh, looks way different than he did back in, you know, when he was Jim 19. Gorgeous. Yeah. But Christina, I mean, she they found are both the, just gorgeous people. She found the fountain of youth or something because she looks exactly the same. And I'm just like, oh, I remember rooting for you. Yes. And then and, and, and Jim and his husband are just like a gorgeous couple. And I'm oh, just my like, God. You know what? Good things happen to good people. They both are doing very well. <laughs> um, and I love the fact that, that the two of them work together. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they were actually like they work for the same company. Pays off to keep in touch with people and to have those lifelong friendships. Because Apparently it does. For them. Well, Pam, before we uh, wrap up today, I mean, look, it, it's just you and me now. So we hit 100 episodes and we're now we've now passed our second year. So now after this, we are officially on to season three of the podcast. Um, what are your thoughts about, you know, where we've come in these two years? I mean, if we're just being frank, I mean, like Jeremy and I were friendly before this, but like we didn't know each other that well. Uh, we had a lot of similar friends. We were on social media and then you kind of hit me up and I'm like, this is a brilliant idea. And I am so so happy that you hit me up and not only to do this podcast for the last two years, but like to actually form like such a such a great friendship. Yeah. And I'm just so thankful for that. And also like to see what we've built, like we've built like not only our friendship, but like an uh, there was already an existing Kelly community, but I think we have built something else we added another uh channel for people to um bond over their love of kelly and i've met so many people both fans and people who were connected to kelly through this and mm -hmm. it's helped me a lot because if we go back to one of our very first episodes our stan stigma episode it's always been like a really rough thing to be known as like the fangirl and now as in, now people think it's cool that i'm able to, to express my fangirlness into like something tangible yeah i'm i'm not really embarrassed anymore i'm like yeah I, i'm owning this we're doing this yeah i agree and i will uh i will echo your sentiments about uh you know becoming better friends with you uh you know you were always somebody who i watched from afar uh, yeah. online and, and, you know, followed the things that you said. And, and, you know, I knew you were part of sort of the New York contingent of the fan base, which is a very large contingent of fans. And I know that you guys are all, uh, just a lot of fun. And I, um, I'm, I'm very glad that you said that you would go on this journey with me because I can't imagine, you know, doing this with anybody else. Yeah. Um, I know. And, you know, and quite honestly, you know, I could say that there are a lot of Kelly fans who would do a marvelous job on this podcast because we have a lot of really great, passionate fans who, who love Kelly and her career and their, they are all kinds of behind her when it comes to supporting her. And, and again, echoing what you said about this community that we've built with the podcast, it astounds me every, every week when a new episode comes out. And for, for those of you that, that kind of know when I bring it up every once in a while, you know, my other job is I'm on the radio, I do a morning show. So I'm up and at them very, very early. And so half the time I'm up as the podcast episode initially goes out and I get so excited when I start seeing on Twitter the first responses coming through from the episode and they're coming through at like, you know, five, six in the morning, my time. 
And, you know, we've got great fans who, some of which we've had on the show, and others who are out there tweeting like, hey, it's Tuesday. You know what that means? It's a new episode of Missing the Podcast. And I, I'm i just so blown away by how the Kelly fan community has really wrapped their arms around this podcast. And I'm not saying like us as people, but yeah. around this podcast itself and continue to support it because it really does mean the world to me and Pam uh, because it is a lot of long hours that we put in, a lot of odd hours. You know, sometimes we're recording in the morning and sometimes at night. Like right now it's nighttime, but normally we record in the morning. And sometimes, you know, it's, you know, I mean, this week we're going to record three times in one week. And that's a lot yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, but it makes it all worth it when we see the responses that people give to the content that they're hearing on the podcast. And so I just I just want to give a big thank you and a big hug to everybody because you guys are the reason why we're doing this. Um, you know, we we're not expecting anything from Kelly or her people for what we do. We do this because we love talking about her and her career. We love talking about it with other fans because it's sort of what we were all trained to do early on, you know, when it, whether it be the Express or KCMB chat rooms in, you know, the early 2000s to social media when that picked up from where the message boards left off uh, to now, you know, being actually able to go face to face with people and, and talk about uh, Kelly and her career. It is so rewarding and so much fun for me. And I just can't thank everybody enough for all the support of the last two years. And we have no intention on stopping anytime soon. I think the best is still yet to come on this podcast, Pam, because we have been, you know, and depends on who you ask, you know, the majority of this podcast was made in amongst the pandemic when Kelly really wasn't out doing what she does best. And so we haven't even had the opportunity to have a a, a tour episode where, you know, we're at a show or, you know, hell, you know, we joke that, you know, Pam and I still have not actually met in person, which, by the way, <laughs> this woman's getting the biggest hug I think I've ever given I, someone in my life when I, I see know. her. I'm so excited. Whenever it happens, we don't actually know when. But yeah, but same. yeah, we just haven't we haven't been able to really sort of put the the gas all the way down on the floor when it comes to this podcast because there's so much more stuff that we can do. We just haven't been able to do it because there hasn't been you know a new album to talk about. Christmas album, okay. Kellyoki, okay. But we're I mean like full new album. We haven't yeah. had that yet. We haven't had a tour to talk about. You know, we 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 got the residency stolen from us. So we still have a lot of stuff that we can do a lot of content on and I am so excited for it. Absolutely. That being said though, if there are any topics that we have yet to cover, I mean, I always forget. I I'm, I'm constantly joking with Jeremy. I'll text him and be like, "Did did we do an episode on this?" cuz I constantly forget 100 episodes is a lot. But if there are any topics that you know for certain we haven't spoken about, um, feel free to contact us because we're always down for suggestions. Um, you can email us, missintopodcast at gmail.com, and find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at missintopodcast. We always love chatting with you all and uh, would love any input, good or bad, on how to you know improve or what else we can add to the podcast for all of you to enjoy it even more. I don't think there's anything else uh, other to say than thank you. Thank you, guys. we'll see you guys next week. All right. Have a good one. Bye. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. 
Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to missindiepodcast at gmail.com. 